Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly in Youngsville, Louisiana, where it's our vision to be a place to meet with God. We pray that you will find this message to be both encouraging and empowering as we go deeper into the Word of God through Spirit-empowered, life-giving, Christ-centered ministry. For more information about First Assembly or to catch up on previous messages, you can visit our website at firstassembly.place. I just got a special message. We're going to continue in our series that we've been doing, and we're going to do these next couple of services on what's the big deal. Come on, how many of you realize that Christmas is a big deal? Come on, Christmas is a big deal. Well, it's not just about the gifts, and it's not just about the decorations, although I love the decorations, I love the gifts, I love the family time, but Christmas has such a more, so much more of a significant meaning here on this earth. You know, the, the, the fact is, is that that. God, in all of His sovereign authority, sent His own Son into this earth. It's God with us. It's Emmanuel. God came to this earth. That is the best news ever. Come on, I I mean, I I love babies. I have three. And and I remember my wife, you know, hey, we're pregnant. Yay, having a baby. It's better news than that, right? It's better news than a marriage engagement. Come on, this is eternity with the Father in heaven. Come on, it's, that's, that's the good news. And we, we talked about how important it is that, that we recognize during this time that God created the heavens and the earth. Come on, how many of you know that it's important that we know that Jesus came to this earth in a manger? Right? But it didn't begin in a manger. Come on, it began in the creation. And in fact, it says in the book of John that, that, that the Word was with God there. The Word is God. Right? The Word, Jesus, was there with God in the creation. And then we talked about how we were all created in God's image. Come on. If, if you believe that you were made perfect in Jesus' name through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, can you give the Lord a shout? Amen. Amen. Come on. We were created in the image and likeness of God. But you can quickly look around and see that not all of us are actually bearing that image out, right? We all have different ages. We grow old. We grow sick. We realize that, that sin entered into this world from where? Right? And, and that came from the fall of man. Happened right there in the, in the Garden of Eden there in the very beginning. It says that man sinned. And through that, through one man's sin, right, death came into the world. But then we have this awesome, wonderful promise of a coming Messiah. We have a promise of a coming Messiah. And we know that Jesus came. And here this morning, I want to talk about that. that, that in fact, the title of this message is that it's, it's not worth the wait. It's not worth the wait. And if you notice, I don't have it up here on the screen, apparently, but it's the wait, W-E-I-G-H-T. Right? It's not, how many of you realize it was worth the wait? But it's not worth the wait. And I want to talk about that here this morning. You know, you, we realize now that we have a, a have-it-now society, right? I mean, microwave sales have just gone through the roof, Right? Microwave dinners. I remember I grew up going to school and these things, eating these hungry man dinners, right? Because I didn't have time to cook. I didn't have time to wait on anything. Fast food. I mean, now food is so fast, you don't even have to leave your house. You know, one of the fastest growing businesses in the United States is this, this waiter, right? And, and these other types of things where you call in, they just bring you your food, right? We live in a have-it-now society. Nobody's really accustomed to waiting on anything. I mean, think about how, how convenient the movie stores. How many of y'all remember Blockbuster Video? That was like a Friday night thing for us. We would go and, and pick out a movie. Now it's like streaming services. We ain't even got time to wait on going until it comes out on the theater. We're just going to download it, stream it. We live in a, in a very, very uh, uh, impatient society. 
Am I the only one that, that realizes that? But the thing is, is that we can't forsake our wait. We can't forsake our waiting, right? Our W-A-I-T, the waiting that we have to do for the weight of other things. Because how many of you realize that whenever we give up the ability to wait, to have patience, to go through the process, then we bear another weight. Then we're going to end up bearing another weight. And that weight can come on us. And in fact, it can begin to distract us from our God-given calling. God-given calling. I love what Jesus said. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, for us, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. You know, I mean, Jesus, your yoke is easy. But for that society, whenever Jesus spoke that in the context that he did, it made all the sense in the world. You see, because they were having these arguments, they realized that there was a yoke of the world. How many of y'all know what a yoke is? It's, it's what, the, what the ox puts on his shoulders to pull the cart to do the work, right? How many of you realize that there's a yoke of the world? The world puts a yoke upon you and it creates a, a burden for you to have to fulfill all these earthly things. But Jesus says, don't bear that yoke of the world. Bear my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, the Jews believed in the yoke of the law. Come on, you know, they, they didn't bear the, the yoke of the world, but they bore the yoke of the law, which was all the, the Ten Commandments and then all the 300 and some odd other laws that were created in order to in order to create this society of Israel. And they begin to bear that yoke. And he says, you, it's, it's not the yoke of the law. Bear my yoke. My burden is light. He said, believe on me and you shall be saved. You don't need all these rules and laws and obligations. We need to bear the yoke of the Lord. Come on, how many of us realize that this world needs to begin to bear the yoke of the world? Well, we live in a busy society. Busy, 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 busy. And yet we don't spend any time in prayer. We don't spend any time in the Lord. We get depressed and downcast and discouraged. But yet we don't spend time with the one who's our peace, who's our joy, who's our love, who's our patience, who's our kindness, who's our goodness. I believe we need to begin to spend more time bearing the yoke of Jesus Christ. You know, we talk about how, how bearing different yokes, how, how not, having, not having the ability to wait today has a bearing on us. And I was just thinking of three specific ways. One of them is in relationships. Come on, how many of you know that today, premarital sex is like just, I mean, it's like nothing. It's just kind of normal activity, right? I want you to know that it's not normal and it's not godly. And it's not for God. It wasn't God's intention for us to have sex before marriage. It's just that simple. The Bible in in, in the Song of Solomon 8.4, it says, I charge you, O daughters of Israel, do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. Come on, how many of you realize that if you would just wait on the, on the things of the Lord and wait on that relationship, wait to waken up love, whenever you receive it, it's going to be so much more powerful and meaningful. Come on, don't give up that weight for the weight of bondage that comes from the guilt and the shame and the embarrassment of, of having sex before marriage. Come on, that's how giving up our weight puts, on a, puts a weight upon us. What about in our finances? Oh, my goodness. How many of you realize in Proverbs 22.7, it says that the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender? Well, this is Christmas, folks. What are we doing on Christmas? We buy each other stuff. Why? Because we love each other. Right? We do. 
But, but I was listening to a, a minister and counselor here the other day, and, and he said that we can't go into bo- the bondage of debt to celebrate the one who sets us free. Come on, how many of you realize that, that we had need to learn to wait on those things that we want, and then when we get them, we can enjoy them instead of bearing the weight of debt and the burden, the burden of, of being a slave to the lender. Come on, God wants to set us free. Who the Lord sets free is what? Free indeed. Come on, we need to learn to wait upon the Lord. Because it's not worth the wait. What about in our promotions? Come on, how many of y'all, we, I mean, look, we all want to be recognized. I remember I, I, wor- I worked in the oil field the majority of my adult career, and, and we always had a little saying, you know, you don't, in, in, in the oil field, if, if somebody kind of gets antsy, they want a promotion, they want to begin to do things, you don't have to give them any more money. You just got to give them a title and somebody that works for them, and they're going to be pretty, pretty happy. You know, that's just kind of how the Cajuns work. They just want to be somebody's boss, right? I just want to be the man, right? But in promotion, I want you to know that we need to learn to wait on the Lord. Psalm 75, 6 and 7, it says, For exaltation comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. Come on, how many of you realize that the Lord is the one who brings promotion? And as long as we're willing to wait upon Him, come on, that wait is so good. And when we get it, we're prepared, we're ready, we're able to walk in those shoes that we so desperately want. But how many of us fall on our face in failure because we try to go prematurely? We try to do more than what we're capable. Come on, how many of us need to learn to wait on our promotion? You see, I want to talk about three simple aspects here this morning on waiting. And I want you to know that waiting begins with a promise. And as, as a matter of fact, if you want to take notes, I actually, this, uh, we were, during this Living Bethlehem time, I had uh, taken and prepared all of my notes. I got home from Living Bethlehem last night and pulled up my computer just to kind of review all my notes. And you know where my notes were? If anybody knows, please tell me because they were gone, okay? <laughs> they were completely gone. I don't know where my notes were. So I was like, well, Lord, apparently you had something else that I needed to say. I said, I'm just going to wait upon you. I just closed my computer. I went to bed, woke up this morning and said, okay, God, now's the time. And he began to speak. And I want you to know, although the message is the same, he just began to lead me in a different direction to get there. That's why I can say with all confidence that God has something that he wants to say here this morning. But you see that wait, waiting, it begins with a promise. Come on, if, if you don't have an expectation, then what are you waiting for? Right? Waiting is, it requires promise. It requires expectation. Right? We need to have an understanding. What are we waiting for? Our waiting is sustained by faith. Our waiting is sustained by faith. And then it's fulfilled. Our waiting is fulfilled in glory. You see that, that God is faithful through that whole process. God is faithful through that whole process. You know, Christmas season is all about waiting. As many of you know, that the Old Testament between the book of Malachi and the book of Matthew was about 400 years of just silence, prophetic silence. And then that silence was broken by the cry of a baby. But it was even broken before that as God showed up there in the temple with Zacharias and, he's, and he begins to prophesy to, about the coming of the Messiah. 
You see that God is capable to fulfill the promise. That the promise of the Messiah dates back far far before Jesus came. But it goes all the way back from the very beginning. How many of you realize that the promise of a coming Savior happened directly after the fall of man? Adam and Eve fell in the garden. And directly after that, God says that that He's going to send one born of the seed of woman that that will bruise your heel, but you will bruise His head. Come on, how many of you realize that God promised a Savior, even from the very beginning. It says in His Word that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. We can be certain that God is going to be there for us in those times of need. But I want to look at the promise. What are we waiting for? What is the promise? In in Galatians 3.16, it says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. How many of y'all know the story of Abraham? Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them. So are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Amen. Now Abraham now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made, and he does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. Come on, how many of you recognize in Genesis 13, 15 through 16, whenever God met Abraham and he made promises unto Abraham, the promises weren't just unto Abraham and his sons, but those promises were unto you as the seed, as it says right there in Galatians. That the seed of Abraham, the promises that were fulfilled, weren't fulfilled in Israel, they are fulfilled in you having received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that that seed that came into the earth is Jesus Christ. For all of, it says in Genesis 3, 15, 16, for all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants, or your seed, forever. And I will make your descendants, or seed, as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants, or seed, also could be numbered. You see, Abraham had a promise from the Lord. He said, Abraham, I want you to take this promise and I want you to leave the comfort of your home in Ur of the Chaldeans and I want you to journey to a faraway land which you've never seen, which you've never been to. And I'm going to give you everywhere that you go. This is the promise to your descendants, to your seed. You see, in the New Testament, that seed is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. That we can look at all these Old Testament promises and realize that they're fulfilled in Jesus. Abraham left his land of comfort to be a sojourner. Come on, how many of you realize that? He left and he took and he went up all the way into the area of Damascus. And there his father had left him. His father died. So not only did he lose his home, but he lost his dad. And it was just him and his nephew and his, and his wife. And they're traveling around. He's got no kids. But he has a promise of many descendants. And even as he began to get older with this promise bearing down on him, how many of you realize that Abraham's like, okay, God, I'm waiting on you. But where's this promise of many of my descendants being like numbered like the dust of the earth? Come on, how many dusts of the earth are there? That's That's a lot. But it begins with one. And he hadn't started even there. His wife was barren, but God made a promise. Well, how many of you recognize that that promise is fulfilled in Jesus? He gave them the promise of, the, of all the, the descendants that would, in all the nations of the earth. And he waited upon that. 
I love in James 2, 23, it says, And the scripture was fulfilled which, which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. I believe that if we, as we believe God, Come on, how many of you realize that the, in Romans it says that, that if we believe in our hearts, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved. Come on, it says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, who sent his son, Jesus Christ, into this earth. It says if you believe on him, you shall be saved. How much more should we believe having seen and having witnessed the, the testimony of, of so many countless believers? How much more should we believe in that promise that God gave to us? I believe that many of us have promises that God has made in our lives. Many of us have had promises. We know that God has promised us things far greater than anything that we can po po ever possibly do on our own. The Bible says if we have faith simply as a mustard seed, right? That we can, that we can move mountains. Come on, do we have mountain moving faith? Do we have mountain moving faith? Are we willing to, to say, Lord, I'm going to wait upon you. I know that you're going to do these things in my life. I'm going to believe it unto you. Through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, you're going to bring into fulfillment these promises. You see, belief is the key ingredient in waiting. You know, Abraham had a promise, but it was sustained through his faith, which was accounted unto him as righteousness. Belief is a key ingredient in waiting. Well, how many of you here this morning, I want you just to raise your hand, are waiting on a promise from the Lord? Well, that's, that's pretty much everyone here. Come on, I want you to know that you're waiting on a promise. Why? Because you know what that promise is. Right? That waiting begins with a promise. But how can we sustain through to the, see it fulfilled? I believe that we find the answers in Hebrews chapter 4. If you want to go there with me in your Bible, if you haven't followed along in your Bible already. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 1 and 2. It says, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of, the, of you seem to have come short of it. Come on, how many of you feel that you have fallen short of the promises of the Lord? Well, I want you to know that Jesus Christ came to this earth, not so way that we can perish, right? Not so that we can be condemned. But what does it say? That the whole world shall be saved. That we can enter into the rest of the Lord. And I believe that any time that we even fall short of, of any of those things, if we're falling short on our healing, that doesn't mean that God said you're not going to be healed. If you've fallen short of, of, of a financial fulfillment, this doesn't mean that God's not going to fulfill those things. It just simply means that God says it's still time for waiting. It's still time for waiting. Come on, uh, Pastor Tommy would say it. Pastor King would say it. He's, you know, God is always on time, right? But he misses plenty of opportunities to be early. Amen. It says, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest, in, oh, yeah, lest any, of you, any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. He's talking about to them, to the Israelites there in the wilderness. But the, world which they heard, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. 
I want you to know that the key ingredient of patience, that the key ingredient of waiting, as we see here in the book of Hebrews, is what? It's faith. Can you look at your neighbor and say, mixed with faith? Look at your other neighbor mixed with faith. Right now it's Christmas season. And uh, as some of you may know or may not know, I like to make pumpkin bread. It's kind of my, my thing. I love it. I like pumpkin bread and it tastes really good. It's not nearly as good as some other people that I know is pumpkin bread. But it's okay. So I was, I, I was pulling off my recipe and I, I said, you know what? This baking soda, baking powder, what's the difference? You know, just... <laughs> Y'all know this? Am I the only person that didn't know that, it's, that there's a big difference? I, sometimes it was, yeah, I actually had to, th- I ate it just out of pride, okay? I ate the cake, okay? I was like, oh, this is good. I mean, oh, this, it, it, t- it tasted like a soda pop, okay? Soda pop. Does anybody even say that anymore? So Shannon's like, this, just throw it away, Joe. Okay. But how many of you know that, that many times we, we, we insert ingredients that really aren't necessary into our waiting? And we miss out on the very key ingredient that makes the whole cake work, right? Well, how many of you realize that we need to begin to exercise our faith in our waiting? That, 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 the, that the Israelites, when they were there in the wilderness, we know the story that the Israelites, they were delivered out of the bondage of captivity from the, from the Egyptians. And they find themselves in this wilderness experience. And because of sin, because of doubt, I mean, think about it. They, they saw all of these miraculous things take place. I mean, it's miraculous. And they find themselves in the wilderness. And they're like, well, is there really a God? I mean, because why, why would God, I mean, what's going on? You would surely think that if God was capable of delivering you out of the bondage of slavery, then he's able to bring you into the promises of eternity, wouldn't you think? You see, the problem was is that they lacked a key ingredient in their waiting, and that key ingredient was faith, and they began to doubt what God was doing in them. And they began to try to do things on their own. Come on, how many of us in our waiting, we say, well, God ain't going to do this quick enough. Let me go resurrect the golden calf of my past. Come on, let, let me go back to those things that I used to do uh, in order to fulfill this need because right now God is just ain't doing it. Whenever God's just saying, just wait upon me in obedience to my word and I'll bring you into that promise. You know, God is waiting for us to mix into our waiting a little bit of faith is the key ingredient. When Abraham was doubted, his faith sustained him. Come on, I want you to know he didn't get it perfect and none of us do, but he did get there. Amen? It says that he believed God and it was accounted unto him as righteousness and his seed, which is Jesus, that seed that was planted in Abraham was just the gospel. I believe that even on that road there when he met Melchizedek, as you can read it in Hebrews, in the book of Hebrews, and that, and that, that man there, he began to share those things of God that, that, that he had revealed to all of the rest of creation. And Abraham believed him on that road. And it was accounted to him as faith. Waiting is sustained in faith. You see, in Hebrews 3, 7, we see this story kind of unfolding. It says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today you will, you will hear his voice. How many of you recognize that each and every day that, that, 
Faith is a daily decision. Come on, the, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Come on, it says that His mercy is renewed every day. Our faith is a decision that we make day in and day out. How many of you realize that we're Christmas season, we're going to just blow right through this, it's going to be over. What's next? New Year's. How many of y'all got y'all's New Year's resolution lined out? Me neither. So, but I, I want you to know that, that it's not too early to start on those things. Why? Why are we put off till tomorrow what we should be starting already today? Don't make a plan to better your life and put it off for some future date. How many of you realize that it, today is the day? Of salvation. Today is the day of the Lord. His mercy is new today. The Bible says that, that we shouldn't even worry about the things of tomorrow. Why? Because they have enough problems out there already. You see, the promised land wasn't the destination for the, for the Israelites. We, we, re, we realize as we continue to read in, in Hebrews that, that the promised land for those Israelites wasn't the land of Canaan. It was Jesus Christ. The whole of the Old Testament points to Jesus as the seed and the fulfillment of the promise. Abraham gave that land as just a representation of Jesus. Jesus is the fulfillment of our promise. Hebrews 3, 7, it says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today you will hear His voice. Skip over to verse 12, it says, Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God but what? Exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Come on, how many of you recognize that in our waiting we need to do what? We need to exhort. Exhort's not a word we use very often anymore. What is that? It's to encourage one another. Come on, how many of you recognize that we need to encourage one another in our waiting? Come on, we know a brother or a sister who's who's struggling. We know a brother or a sister who's going through a difficult time. How difficult is it for us to just reach out and say, hey, I'm here with you. I'm praying for you. Lest that person should fall away in sin. We should encourage each other in our waiting. Come on, right here on our bulletin, what does it say? Hope. Well, I haven't looked at these bulletins up until just this morning. I've been busy at Living Bethlehem. I promise you, I didn't look at this bulletin. But what did David Clark say here this morning in his prayer? I have it listed right here on my notes. I want you to know this is the word for today. It's in, in Proverbs 13, 12. It says, for hope deferred makes the heart grow sick or grow weary. But when desire comes, it is the tree of life. Come on, how many of you realize hope deferred or waiting can make us, can cause our hearts to grow sick. It can, it can begin to to make us wonder, can begin to make us have doubts. That's why God puts us into the body of Christ. That's why in Hebrews it encourages us to not forsake the assembling together of one another. Come on, I want you to know, do I believe a person can be saved and, and, and not go to church? Yeah, I believe that. Do I think it's wise? No. Because they may not stay saved very long. Because the whole purpose of the body is for what? To encourage the brethren. To do the work of the ministry. To lift each other up. Come on, we should be encouraging each other. Unless lest any of you have an evil heart. Unbelief is evil. Come on, we need to believe God and His promises. Our hope deferred. How many of you realize that, that we're saved here on this earth, but we have a hope and a future? Come on, we believe in for a future resurrection of this body. Come on, I believe that Jesus saved me. He's given me everything that I want, need, and desire here on this earth. 
but I know that there's an eternity with Him that I'll live forever in a perfected body. Come on, I have a hope for a future. Come on, I have a hope for my family. Come on, I have a hope for my sicknesses. I have a hope for my health. Come on, that doesn't mean just because I have a hope in it, it's going to be fulfilled in that day. But there's coming a day when the fulfillment comes. You see, and our hope is fulfilled. Our waiting is fulfilled in glory. I want to read a verse of Scripture that came to me this morning. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Second Corinthians four sixteen through eighteen. Not, not first Corinthians. Paul encourages, he says, therefore do not lose heart. One in our waiting, we need to not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed. When? Day by day. Your inward man is being renewed today. It's being renewed tomorrow. He'll be renewed the day after that, the day after that, the day after that. It says redeem the time. And we need to begin to commit ourselves by faith. To stir in and mix in some faith in our waiting. How do we do that? Prayer, Bible study, Christian fellowship, fasting, supplication. Therefore, do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Come on, I believe that many of us, as we discussed earlier in our relationships, in our finances, in our jobs, in our ministries, in our, even in our faith, that we begin to trade our waiting for the weight, that bondage of sin, of anger, depression. Shame. And we need to begin to trade that weight for the weight of glory. The weight of the Lord. That's a promise. That we can say these light afflictions that we have for today are temporary. But we have a promise of eternity with the Father. Come on, how many of you realize that since the very beginning in the book of Genesis, God promised the Messiah. We celebrate during this time the Messiah has come. Come on, we see the fulfillment of a long waiting period. Well, how many of you realize that God is faithful? Well, how many of you realize that God is faithful to complete what He begins? Man, that's, that is a good word. How much more do you realize that we still have promises? This is where it gets good. Because how many of you realize these promises are good stuff? I mean, it's good stuff. And if God was faithful to fulfill His promises, which begin in Genesis in the form of Jesus Christ coming to this earth as the Savior of the world, how much more should we believe the promises of God into eternity? Come on, how many of you realize that we have the promise of a resurrected body, but I want you to know we have promises 
here on this earth. Christmas is the fulfillment of a long-awaited promise. Genesis, God fulfilled those things. Throughout all of Scripture, the Bible points to Jesus as the seed. Come on, how many of you realize a seed is meant to grow something? What is it that God planted? He planted His church here on this earth. God is faithful and true and can be trusted. Let's turn to the book of Psalm 95. Because that's the verse that was quoted there in the book of Hebrews. Verse 95.7, it says, For He is our God and we are the people of His pasture, the sheep of His hand. He says, Today... If you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. Come on, I want you to know that these promises that God has made for us today, that those things are are, are able to be fulfilled in the Lord as we commit to waiting upon him. But I want to read just real quickly in Psalm 95, 1. This got me excited this morning. It says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to Him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. And His hand are the, are the deep places of the earth. The heights of, uh, of the hills are His also. The sea is His and He made it. And His hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For He is God. Come on, you want to know what to do in our waiting? It talks about a little bit of shouting. It talks about a little bit of singing. It talks about a little bit of kneeling. It talks about a little bit of worship. Come on, I, I mean, we need to begin to take on that yoke of the world. I understand we got to work, but I want you to know we got to worship. Because He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our worship. Let's begin to stir up our faith in worship. You realize that that, that word even praise, is, is in, in that verse, those, short, those seven uh, verses of scripture that every aspect, every element of praise is captured in a snapshot there. It says, then it says to hear his voice. Come on, I believe that many of us, we fail to hear the voice of the Lord because we fail to bow the knee to the one who created us. Come on, we fail to hear the voice of the Lord because we fail to exalt him as Savior. I believe that here this morning, God wants to speak to us as we're willing to hear from Him. We can trust in Him. And we can trust His promises. Because He's already fulfilled them in Jesus Christ. But He's made more promises. Come on, it says that Jesus gave, that, that God, I'm sorry, God sent the, gave the law as a schoolmaster. Jesus, He fulfilled the law. And then it says that Jesus, it says that he came to this earth. They're like, Lord, you're going to set up your kingdom here on this earth. He says, no, not yet. I still got work to do. He said, I have to go away. They're like, what? This is awesome, Jesus. I mean, you've been with us, man. This is so great. Healing. all that. He says, yeah, I got to go. Away. He said, but it's better for you that I go away. Because I'm sending another one. The promise. Come on, the promise. Come on, what, what does waiting begin with? A promise. He says, I'm sending up the promise of the Father, whom you'll know when He comes, right? He says, but go and wait for me in Jerusalem, right? Don't go out doing all these things. Go and wait, right? Promises begin with what? A wait. The, the waiting is the beginning with a promise, right? And they, be, they went and they did what God called them to do. They, they, it was sustained by their faith. 
Come on, how many of you realize they had to deal with some persecution? It was difficult. It was sustained by their faith. But it's fulfilled in glory. Not just any glory, the weight of glory that fell there on the day of Pentecost where God released His Holy Spirit into this earth and He made, it, made us capable to go out unto all the earth and heal the sick. Come on, to cast out demons and do the things that only Jesus can do up until that point. Those promises are fulfilled that day in the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Father. If we're willing to wait on it. But there's more. You know, the, 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 the reality is that Jesus promised that he's coming back. Luke 21, 33 through 34 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. It says, but take heed to yourselves. Watch out. Be aware of what's going on. Take heed. Pay attention. Lest your hearts be weighed down. Well, how many of you realize our hearts can be weighed down? With what? Carousing, drunkenness, the cares of this life. And that day come upon you unexpectedly. We just invite the worship team to come up. You see, the, the seed of man, the son of man, he came. He's coming back, not as a baby, but he's coming back in a cloud with power and of great glory. That the weight of glory will descend upon this earth. Well, we have a promise from God that he's coming back. That's the beautiful thing about Christmas. It's not only that he came, he came. He's coming back as king, as savior. And he left us with a promise, the promise of the father, something to sustain us in that waiting. That thing is the Holy Spirit. Come on, I want, I want to encourage you here this morning. If you've never received that promise that God had intended for us, if you've never received that promise, that baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, that's what He wants to leave you, to sustain you, that you can function and begin to, to praise Him and feel the weight of His glory here on this earth. Come on, how many of you realize that, that many of us, we fail to, to experience the fullness of God because we're fa- we fail to experience the fullness of God? You know, that begins with surrender. It begins with having faith in what God would do in you. God prepares us for the waiting by sending His promise. In fact, Jesus says to wait on it. But I want you to know, just as Jesus... I mean, listen. We can debate whether or not Jesus even walked on this earth. The fact is, is that there is no debate... It's proven out through history that the, the, there was a man named Jesus Christ who was in Jerusalem during the time that, we, that Jesus was on this earth. From outside sources, totally separate from the Bible. We can confirm it. As a matter of fact, his miracles can be confirmed. The fact is that Jesus, that, that God promised the Savior and that Jesus came in fulfillment of that promise. That's the good news. That's the big deal of Christmas. But the real big deal is that he didn't just come and leave. He came and left us a promise. The promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, that's intended to sustain us until what? Jesus comes back again on a cloud of glory in might and power. That's the good news. Can we stand together? We hope that you found this message to be both a blessing as well as challenging. If you would like more information or to leave a comment or prayer request, please visit our website at firstassembly.place. 
Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly, a place to meet with God.